Just Thinking with hosts Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, bringing you week-to-week cultural apologetics as well as social issues from a biblical worldview. This is Just Thinking. Let's think. We're back for another edition of Just Thinking, the podcast that you definitely want to be a part of. I'm Virgil Walker. And I'm Daryl Harrison. What's going on, wingman? What's happening out in Omaha? Oh, man, we try to make it happen out here, man. Got a little sunshine, got a little action going on. It's feeling good outside. They're trying to bring spring back, man. I'm not too sure. I don't I don't trust it, man. There's always some winter weather around the corner, man. So. You don't trust it, huh? No, man. I don't I don't I don't trust it. I'm 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 kinda I'm kinda kinda going going back to not, not the MWA days, but uh uh fight the power, man. I, I don't don't trust it, man. <laughs> well man, you know here in the ATL, right about now as we record this man, we're low thirties, got a freeze warning for tonight. Wow, that's kind of different. We switched spots, man. I guess we sent our weather to you. Yeah, this is like mid-March, man. But you never know, man. Seriously, Atlanta weather is totally unpredictable. Totally. Mm. In the winter, springtime, you think you're going to get spring. Winter wants to hang on. And that's what's happening right now, man. So we're just kind of trying to stay warm these days, man, until this, this, this warm front finally comes through for real. Got you, man. Well, listen, talking talking about about weather and storms and carrying on, man. I I think the last podcast, man, stirred it up for everybody, bro. <laughs> yeah, like we don't normally do that every week. <laughs> every look, look, every week, man. Week in, week out, man. We just shake it up and and kind of see where things land. And uh, man, it was it was incredible. I was watching. Uh, first of all, I like I said, whenever after we've cut man a, a an episode, and I can't wait for it to drop because a I want to hear it again, um, mm-hmm. and and b I can't wait to see how people are going to respond to it, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you know it was a good podcast, man. And so when we we talked about the the pantherization of the black church, man, and and what that looks like and where things are going. Uh, to see the feedback, and then, and then again, then then to see the backdrop of the news, it looked like uh, the Black Panther movie hit hit a billion in sales, and yeah. uh, was kind of kind of growing and climbing, and so that that just gave even more fodder for some folks to maybe circle back and take a look. I I'm loving, um, Daryl, I'm loving what people are saying in the way of response. Man, they they're getting something very unique from the podcast that's different from what they're hearing. On a regular, they they recognize it as 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 biblical, mainly because right. we you know we we are anchoring it in scripture, right. and uh, man that that's kind of been that's kind of been the mo, man. What are, what are your thoughts? What are you experiencing? Yeah, right? I think you nailed it, man. I think that's the thing. The feedback that I'm hearing from folks is that they like the fact that we weave the gospel objectively into every topic that we deal with. Mm. Every topic we deal with. We're really developing, I think, a loyal listener base. I don't like to say fan base because we're not looking for fans. Uh, But I think we're developing a loyal listener base around that consistent um, demonstration of going to the gospel and filtering, like our tagline says, we apply biblical truth to the social, political, theological and cultural issues in our world. And I mm. think people appreciate that we do that on a consistent basis, regardless of what the topic is, whether it's a movie like Black Panther, mm-hmm. whether it's a cultural topic like 
you know, we did the biblical theology of soul food, mm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think folks appreciate that. And, and they're starting to trust us. I think I like, I think it's fair to use the word trust. I think they're starting to trust that yeah. they can go to the just thinking podcast and whatever the topic they're teeing up in a particular episode, they're going to filter it. They're going to frame it objectively through what the word of God says and then mm-hmm. apply biblical theology to that issue and not let the issue frame the theology. So I think uh, the pantherization of the black uh, of, of black Christians really helped to solidify that reputation. Uh, I think is a good word for it, a reputation that we're building out there among Christians who still are telling me that how much they appreciate the podcast mm-hmm. because it's just different. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's nothing that they, they really look at it as unique that there's nothing out there like this. So like we do on every, every episode, shout out to our listeners. We love you guys continue mm-hmm. to uh, pray for us, continue to tell the others about the podcast. Uh, if you're subscribing to us on Apple or Android, please leave us a review. We want to know how you, what you feel, what you think about the podcast because we read all your comments. Trust yeah, me. Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. It's interesting too, Daryl, and I'm sure you're probably getting even a lot more of this because I, I watch you, man. I, you, we kind of, we have, I, I know you're very um, active uh, in, on the, on the Twitter platform as well as Facebook. And I do some Facebook and some stuff on the gram and, and kind of play around in that space. And, and uh, at the same time, and I still, it's interesting after a, an episode comes out, I usually have two things happen. One is uh, I get, I get uh, friend requests from folks that, mm-hmm. uh, that are connected, either they're connected to you or they, or they got connected yeah, quickly in podcast yeah. wise. And so I usually get a handful of, of a friend requests kind of following what, what I'm doing, where I'm going and, and that kind of thing. And then the second thing that I get is is even some will leave reviews, but many people will send me a very detailed message, man, about their mm-hmm. you know their journey of of, mm-hmm. of dealing with either social justice issues, mm-hmm. uh, racial reconciliation issues at their church, and how mm-hmm. you know they're trying to navigate that from a biblical framework. And and it was the podcast or something that that you had shared, mm-hmm. or maybe maybe a biblical pr- perspective that that you've taken the time to walk them through that really mm-hmm. helped them understand how to land the plane. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you shared that verse because, you know, I'm getting the same thing on my end, you know, every morning, uh, pretty much, you know, if somebody's listened to the podcast, it was referred to them by somebody else. And mm. what I mean by that is that it's not somebody who I directly sent the link to or something like that. They'll say, hey, uh, friend X or friend Y, send me a link to your podcast. I checked it out. I loved it. So I'll get a friend's request. I'll get an email. I'll get a mm. message on Twitter or something like that. And uh, it's just amazing how, uh, and I like to look at it, not so much that it's the podcast itself, Mm -hmm. but God can use his gospel through any medium, right? To open people's eyes to the truth, Mm. open people's hearts to the truth. So to whatever extent God may be using this medium that you and I share here, Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really, man, what we're doing, uh, essentially when you really reduce it to its least common denominator, yeah. what we're doing here, Verge, is we're sharing the gospel. Mm. Uh, it, it just happens to be that each week there may be a topic or a theme or an issue that we deem relevant with respect to 
how we could leverage the gospel contemporarily to that particular issue. Uh, so, so, so there may be some convenience there, some mm-hmm. some synergy going on there in, in that respect. But when you really boil it down, uh, what what we're doing here is sharing the gospel mm-hmm. and we'll say about this, or what does the Bible say about that? Very rarely will you ever hear, uh, will a listener ever hear what you or I personally think right. about something. Right, right. Uh, it's, 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 what is the book? What is the Bible? What does the gospel mm. say about this? And uh, hopefully we'll remain true to that and never veer off uh, from that path. Uh, right. And that's what gets me excited about uh, just hooking up with you every Monday evening, yeah. brother, is, yeah. is to, because the cool thing about, and I was just thinking about this before we, we went live here to record, it's really awesome how, and I don't, I don't know if I believe our listeners will even believe me when I say this, but it's true. When we uh, come on on Monday evenings to record an episode, we have no idea what the other person is going to say. Right, right, right. I mean, none, literally none. Now, we have an idea tonight, for instance, we're going to talk about this New York Times article. Mm-hmm. And that's all I know. Yeah, that's all we know. Virgil's going to that's all I know. I have right. no idea what Virgil's perspective on this article is. He has no clue what my commentary is going to be on this article tonight. But that's the cool thing about this podcast is that it's not scripted. It's not choreographed uh, in in the least. Uh, outside of us uh, making each other aware of what the topic is going to be. Right. That's it. Once we go live on Monday evenings, it's it's whatever whatever flows at that moment is is what you guys get. Absolutely, uh, and it's the same here tonight. So I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely, absolutely, man. And and so yeah, I'm I'm excited as well, like you, man. I'll just echo what you what you shared, and and we, we can jump off into what uh, what we got here. It, it's it's a joy. It's exciting, and uh, and and I I love. You know the, the subject matter. I'm, I, it's it's one of those things where I I there's a part of me that purposes not to not to interact with you too much uh, during during the downtimes, just so that when we do get together, what we have mm-hmm. is is fresh and authentic. Yeah. And uh, in fact, we we wrap up we wrap up the uh, the the our conversations sometimes. We we probably need to do a, a, a post show show. You know what I'm saying because. Uh, you yeah. and I will stay on, you know, you know, you and I will stay on the on the line and just kind of chop up a few ideas or, hey, what do you think really when this, you know, said this or what what have you? And, uh, and we, yeah. we kind of capture, capture. We might have to we might have to circle back to, to our producer and maybe maybe have a have a have a real to real after the fact, you know, the after the, the after show show. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was just thinking that, man, maybe we could bribe uh, Dwayne with some. I don't know, man. What's Dwayne like? Ribs, sneakers. <laughs> Whatever, whatever the case may be, maybe drop right. him. He's always begging. He, he's always begging for money on his PayPal, man. So maybe right, there you go. A few bucks you got to drop a few dollars on the PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> Give Bro. him a little payola and pay him off, man. Something, do something, man. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna apologize ahead of time, man, because I, I, I so enjoy interacting with you and and laughing, and uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm coming off of a of a cold. Uh, trying to make sure that 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 everyone listening doesn't hear that uh, so much, but but it, every time I laugh, I feel that congestion coming, and I and I start to catch myself in a cough, and so I apologize ahead of time if if anything gets 
out of hand, I'll do my best. And and mainly, mainly that's for Dwayne, because I know as he's teeing this yeah. thing up and, and doctoring it up, he'll, him, he, yeah, he'll hear that and I'll get a little, little message in the box. Hey, man, could you have worked on that or maybe recorded a different time or what have you? And uh, <laughs> You know, I'll, I'll hear about it. So I better, I better throw that. Yeah, out he's, he's steady coaching. He's steady. Absolutely. He's always, always coaching. coaching. Always coaching, man. That's always how coaching. he works. Anyway, man, you, you kind of, you kind of teased it out there, man. Kind of where we're gonna go uh, tonight. And uh, man, I'm, I'm curious, man. I'm, I'm. I'll be honest with you, man. I read a lot. Um, I, I'm in, I'm in seminary. I, there's in addition to, in addition to, the seminary work. There, there are other works that I'm like. I'm right now. I'm kind of kind of going nuts with some uh, Dr. Michael Kruger with, with issues around Canon. And I'm kind of mm-hmm. reading that and doing some different things, man. I'm always, I'm always amazed Daryl at, at, at how you find these gems uh, of, of articles and, 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 and tee those up and get those to us. And, and uh, for us to kind of chop up, I'm curious, like, how did you run across this one? Where did you, where did you find it? And, and, and uh, I, I can, I, based upon the title alone, I can think of, of how it sparked your interest. But this, this particular article is very, very good. It's well-written. It's incredibly lengthy uh, and it covers a lot. And so I'm, I'm excited to tee this up, but I just want to kind of hear from you how, how where you found this and maybe, and maybe even how you, how you run across things from time to time, man. Yeah, verse. So in this case, this article found me. Uh, and what I mean by that is I probably had about three to four friends on social media, various platforms, either send me the link or email me the link asking, hey, have you read this? Have you heard about this piece? So in this case, the article found me. I didn't go and, and find the article on my own. But uh, to echo your comments about the piece, I agree. It was very well written. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's getting a lot of exposure out there on social media, and and rightly so. It's an excellent piece. And again, it's by Campbell Robertson, who is a uh, national correspondent with the New York Times. The article is entitled, A Quiet Exodus, Why Black Worshippers Are Leaving White Evangelical Churches. Mm. A quiet exodus, why black worshipers are leaving white evangelical churches. And I have to say, Verge, over the weekend when I initially started reading the piece, mm-hmm. I thought that when we got around to tearing this up on this particular ex- episode of the Just Thinking podcast, that, w- that the discussion might take uh, one uh, direction, one aspect. But the more I got into the article and started sort of really digesting it and absorbing it, Mm-hmm. and start praying through, okay, what do I think about this piece? What, what direction do I think I want to go here? Uh, it became clear to me that this article, which features the very personal account mm-hmm. yes, of Miss Charmaine Pruitt and her experience at a uh, Dallas, Texas area mega church, uh, this church whose, whose congregation is predominantly white. Uh, the article, uh, basically highlights her very personal experience. The more I thought about this piece, I just came to realize that that the conversation isn't really about Miss Pruitt or her experience. Mm. It's really about something much bigger than that, much bigger than her, Mm -hmm. much bigger than you and I for that matter. Sure. Uh, So what I want to do, I've got, I've got an idea about what that bigger question, that bigger issue is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, before I sort of go and share my perspective on this, I want to give you an opportunity because I don't want to totally discount 
the content of the article because it's an excellent piece. And I'm going to interweave uh, and inculcate some of uh, what's in the article into my own commentary. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm interested to know what your perspective on this piece is to see if you and I have some similarity of thought yeah. Yeah. with respect to uh, what really is at stake here, what really is at issue here, because I think it's not necessarily Mrs. Pruitt's or any other black person individual experience mm. with a white congregation, but it's, it's the, the issue broadly is much more, much bigger than that. So, so what do you think on, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, man, I, I, th- there's a reason why I'm the wingman and uh, rather, rather than, rather than lead dog is as far as this show is concerned, but th- there were, man, there were so, th- there's so many things that they, that, that the, uh, that that the writer packed into this article um you know every everything from from issues around race and culture to issues around politics and uh you know socioeconomics issues around uh you know around criminal behavior and the culture i mean just there were so many different directions uh that that this particular uh writer went that 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 it was difficult to really gauge whether whether the uh miss pruitt had had connected with her church in my estimation for the right reasons Mm -hmm. uh there were so many different things that she that she was looking for and that she needed and issues she wanted spoken about that maybe weren't and uh, challenges that came up in the culture that that she you know would have would have liked to have 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 addressed and 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 so it just looked to me to, to be a situation where um, perhaps perhaps a bigger issue really really boiled down to uh, the gospel centrality of of this particular believer's life. How how focused was she uh, on on the on the issue of the gospel and right. and its, and its implication? Right. But, but I'm I'm curious as to where 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 you went what you saw and and uh and and, and teeing off of that uh, th- that's that's how i work best man i work best when i'm in my lane and i'm teeing off of the stuff that, that you're bringing <laughs> there so well let me say this verge i think you bring up a very interesting question and what's cool about your question is that it's not my question mm. it's not the it's not the same question i have i have a totally good. different question and good good but you know you highlight some things that uh that i think are legitimate with respect to how how we need to consider uh, um, this young lady's approach to her search for a local church body, uh, Ms. Pruitt. But as I read through the article, and like you, I read it multiple times, Mm -hmm. the the first thing that came to my mind is that, you know, as we deal with this topic, I think there's one fundamental question that the article begs us to consider. And from where I sit, that one fundamental question is this. What is the church? Ah, what I, ca- is I the came, church? I came, I came inches away from stopping you. I came inches away from stopping you. <laughs> I came inches away from because I, as I, as I look, as I looked at the article, and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the thing that jumped out at me is this. We, we've in one of the places it talks about this state of the art, you know, ideal. She's a 760 seat sanctuary, and I know mm-hmm. uh, if the picture, uh, I, I, it looks like Gateway Church in Dallas. Uh, mm-hmm. Robert Morris mm-hmm. uh, is is a lead pastor. I'm very familiar with Robert Morris and what he teaches. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
and 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 all of that. And so uh, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. Now, see, here's the problem. You gave me a chance. <laughs> you gave me a I chance. Gave you, your shot, bro. you gave me my shot to tee it up. I opened the door. You opened the door. You you get you gave me full reign. Let me run the full gamut. Said go for it, right? Yep. And, uh, sometimes, and, I, and sometimes the pilot lets the co-pilot fly the plane. Right. <laughs> and 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 I and I just and I and and I and I caught it. I, I my thought was I know exactly. As soon as I stopped talking, I said, I know exactly where this brother's going. Mm-hmm. And you landed mm-hmm. it, man. Absolutely. I think I think that's I, bro. I brilliant, brilliant, brilliant on your part. That's why I'm the wingman. That's why I'm the wingman. <laughs> well, next time, wingman, when I give you the reins, take yes, sir. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. I love it, though, man. I'm excited. I'm excited to see yeah. where you go with this and what we do with this. That's great. Okay, man. Yeah, the fundamental question, as I see it anyway, is what is the church? So, so I'm looking at. Um, I'm, I'm I'm reading the piece and I'm I'm, I'm soaking in Mrs. Pruitt's. Uh, again, I love how personal this article was. I mean, I can really appreciate, uh, uh, I guess, her being so sensitive to uh, what she was searching for and her disappointment, her dis despondency, and not having that realized right. on her end. But again, I think we have to take her personal experience out of this. And look at the bigger question, which is what is the church? So I need to go into a little bit of exegesis here Let's to get us down the road to uh, the uh, the thought process that I have uh, around this. So so let's start with the basics. Okay, so the English word church, right? The English word church in the Greek is actually the word for assembly. Assembly It's the word in the Greek ecclesia. Mm-hmm. Ecclesia. Now that word ecclesia. It's sort of a uh, co-mingling of two Greek words. So the first word is the word ek, E-K, which means out of. And then there's the second word, klesis, which means a calling, or somebody, some may say kaleo, which means to call. So when you transliterate the word church in the Greek, it literally means those whom Christ has called out mm. from the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, so by definition, the word church is those individuals whom Christ, by his grace, has called out from the world. Now, to support that scripturally, I want to go to John 17, verses 14 through 16. We're all familiar with this verse. So this is John 17, verses 14 through 16, where Jesus says, this is his High priestly prayer. He's in the Garden of of, uh, of Gethsemane, uh, giving his high priestly prayer to his Father. Verses fourteen through sixteen in John seventeen, Jesus says, "I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one." Verse sixteen: They are not of the world, even as I. I'm not of the world. So by definition, the church is that body of believers whom Christ has called out of the world. Uh, Now, in in the New Testament, that word church has essentially two applications. It can be used to describe a local congregation of believers, or it can also be used 
such as, for example, like we were citing the Apostle Creed, Apostles Creed, the phrase holy Catholic small church, small C rather, small C when we say Catholic in the Apostles Creed. Right. The holy universal, universal church. The holy universal church, the global body of believers. So that word church could apply to local believers, a local body, or the global universal body of believers. But I, I, I really like, if I'm going to give a definition of what the church is, I love what Mark Dever uh, said in a book uh, entitled A Theology for the Church. This is a brilliant book. Daniel Aiken is the editor. Y'all may be familiar with uh, Daniel Aiken. He is the uh, president at Southeastern Seminary. Mm-hmm. So Daniel mm-hmm. Aiken was the general editor uh, for this book. But I love Mark Dever's definition of the church that he gives in a chapter that he wrote, uh, simply titled The Church. Uh, Dever's definition of the church is this. He says the church is the body of people called by God's grace through faith in Christ to glorify him together by serving him in his world. His meaning Christ's world. Again, Dever says this, the church is the body of people called by God's grace through faith in Christ to glorify him together Mm. by serving him in his world. Okay, so as with anything that we discuss here on the Just Thinking podcast, I think it's important that we establish context of what we're talking about. And sometimes to establish the right or proper context, you have to define terms first. Okay. So that's why I want to spend a couple minutes sort of exegeting that word church. Okay. By definition, what does this word church mean? When we, when we talk about church, what do we mean? Mm-hmm. So we define the word church and and then underneath that question, what is the church or <clears throat> you, you sort of branch out into other questions for instance, what is the role of the church That's in good. God's world? Right. Okay. So what's the role of the church in God's world? So just to harken back to the article for a second, the first couple of paragraphs kind of threw me for a second. It, it may have done the same for you too, verse. So when I read this piece and I quote, the article begins this way. Charmaine Pruitt wrote the names of 12 churches on a sheet of paper, tore the paper into 12 strips, and dropped them into a Ziploc bag. It was Sunday morning and time to pick which church to attend. Miss Pruitt pulled one of the slips out of the Ziploc bag. Mount Olive, Fort Worth. Okay, that's where she would go that day. Mm-hmm. Now, I know the Bible has much to say about casting lots. Uh, I think it's in Proverbs that says that the, that God is sovereign even over the outcome yes. of yes. all lots that are cast. Yes. But with all due respect to Miss Pruitt, this is not the way you choose a church that right. you're going to visit. Right. You, you don't choose a church as if you're picking lottery numbers. Uh, you know, you, you just don't do that. Uh, so I just want to say that at the outset. Mm-hmm. But the larger question here is, what is the church? We've defined what the church is. Now let's talk about what the role of the church is as it relates to Ms. Pruitt's specific or particular experience. Um, you know, I'm reading through the article 
And again, here we go with the quote declaring that the 11 o'clock hour right. on Sunday mornings right. is the most segregated hour in America. Now, to give a little background on that, that declaration, the genesis of that statement was made, that's a statement that was made by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I believe it was uh, around 1963 mm-hmm. during a lecture he participated in. It was doing a question and answer session at Western Michigan University, uh, a, a, a lecture that Dr. King was giving at that institution back in 1963. Now, <clears throat> I have several problems with uh, Dr. King's statement, not the least of which is that to accept his comment on its face, right? that the 11 o'clock a.m. hour is the most segregated hour in America, to accept that declaration on its face, on its face, is to suggest that segregation, that to use King's own words, is to suggest that segregation is intentional and ethnically motivated, and that diversifying the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday morning should be the primary mandate of the church. Right. I don't buy into that. Right. I don't buy into that. And I think perhaps to your comment earlier with respect to uh, wanting to sort of delve into what comprises Ms. Phillips, <coughs> excuse me, what comprises her theological worldview? What is she looking for uh, right. in her search for a church? I think this is sort of leading us into that direction. Mm-hmm. The primary mandate of the church is still, and I say still, hearkening back to the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Come on, man. That is still the primary mandate of the church. Come on. The primary mandate of the church is to go and make disciples Disciples. of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. teaching them to observe all that Christ commanded us. Okay? That is still the primary mandate of the church. Now, I want to quote something else. Again, props to Mark Dever. Uh, Pastor Dever, if you're listening to this, uh, much respect to you, brother. You really, uh, your chapter in uh, this book on the theology for the church, uh, on the church is just amazing. But I want to quote Mark Dever once again with respect to what is the role of the church. So this is a context in which I'm citing these comments from Pastor Dever. Uh, Dever writes this. He says, more than once. Jesus said love for him would be demonstrated by obedience to his commandments. And he cites John 14, verse 15 and verse 23. Dever goes on to say such obedience not only requires individual commitment and action from Christians, it requires a committed corporate obedience. Together, individual churches will go, disciple, baptize, teach to obey, love, remember and commemorate his substitutionary death with bread and the fruit of the vine. The enduring authority of Christ's commands compels Christians to study the Bible's teaching on the church. Present day errors in understanding and un, present day errors in understanding and the practice of the church will, if they prevail, still further obscure the gospel. Christian proclamation might make the gospel audible. And here's what I want folks to get. Deborah says Christian proclamation might make the gospel audible, 
but Christian live Christians living together in local congregations make the gospel visible. He ends the comment with this. The church is the gospel made visible. The church is the gospel made visible. Note, Dever doesn't say that the church is our ethnic diversity made visible. That's good. He doesn't say that. He says the church is the gospel made visible, which begs what question, Verge? It begs the question, what is the gospel? What's the gospel? It begs that question. It begs that question. Now, for my definition, my go-to text, would I have to give a quick 30-second definition of what the gospel is? I go right to 1 Peter 3, 18 nice. and 19. Nice. For, for Christ also suffered for once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. So if you ha- ever have to give a 30-second Elevator apologetic on what the gospel is. I recommend first Peter 3, 18 and 19. Nice. So Debra says that the church is the gospel made visible. Okay. So what I see in um what I see happening in Miss Pruitt's uh situation in her experience, what I see is an example, and she's, I say example because she's not the only one. But what I see developing here, Virgil, within the church, using Miss Pruitt as an example, since uh, she's the, the person that's featured in this article. Right. A fundamental problem I see here is that uh, with, with what is being described in this article as a quiet exodus, the, the fundamental problem I see here is that church, that I put the word church in air quotes, Church is being defined in terms of how well it meets the subjective felt needs right. and personal experiential preferences of individuals like Ms. Pruitt. Right. And that's that's a that's an inaccurate, that's an unbiblical definition of the church. The church does not exist to meet your, your personal felt needs. And by felt needs, I'm distinguishing felt needs from practical needs. I think there is a biblical mandate for the church to meet practical needs. Yeah, in fact, regardless in, if you're a believer or not. In fact, I, in fact, I, 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 I want. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay, I wanna, I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna push a little bit on something that you shared earlier. Um, uh, you you were talking about the impact that that gospel's impact um that that it is not uh you know related to or wrapped around the issues of, of you know according to this article with the 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 quote about the segregation of uh you know the most segregated hour that kind of thing uh is is the is the eleven o'clock hour on Sunday morning we talk about that we hear that so my thought was so so here as i'm listening to you unpack this man i'm 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 right there with you i'm hearing in my in my mind the the uh you know the, the person who would who would oppose maybe the the point of view that 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 you espouse that i hold to as well who would say so so daryl are you saying that that uh, that the gospel's impact won't have any it won't have any uh, any any indirect impact on on the racial makeup and diversity of a particular area. I mean, shouldn't shouldn't the gospel have impact on that? Shouldn't we be seeing 
uh, 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 you, you quoted uh, Matthew 28, you know, it says, it says to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, you know, all, all, all different racial groups. And if this, shouldn't we see that racial diversity in the local body? I mean, what, 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 what about that? Well, my response would, to that would be, if you give me a second verse, I'm going to turn, I believe this is in 2 Thessalonians, mm-hmm. and I think a good response, I'm going to give a biblical response to that, because that's what we do here on Just Think, when we open the Word up and see what the Word has to say about this. So what I want to do is turn to, <clears throat> because I think in answering that question, we have to ask the question, who, whose gospel is this? Right. Okay, this is the this is the gospel of the preposition of denoting possession. This is our origin and ownership. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay. This isn't, this is not the gospel of, uh, of Daryl Harrison or Virgil Walker, or, or, or it's not the gospel of anyone who would, uh, uh, would, 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 would even pose that question. And I'm not saying it's not a fair question. Right. But but let's look at let's look at the question in the context of what the gospel says, and I think we'll find some clarity uh, with regard to that. So let me just turn to Second uh, Thessalonians. It's going to be First Thessalonians. It's going to be First Thessalonians. You know you're going to get in trouble. For, chapter you, two. You, you know you're going to get in trouble for turning that paper when when Dwayne gets a hold of this episode, right? I know, man. Well, Dwayne, I'm sorry, bro. You just have to let this one slide, my man. You have to let this one slide. <laughs> First Thessalonians 2. Look at 1 Thessalonians 2, verses mm-hmm. thir- verse 13. Let's do it. It says, it says, for this reason, we also constantly thank yes, God yes. that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it as what, Verge? Not as the word of men, yes, but for what it really is, right? The word of God, which what verse, which performs, yes. which also performs its work in you who believe, yes. Now, the reason I read that text is because in answering the question you pose, I would say to an individual who would ask that question is, mm-hmm. yeah, the answer is yeah. It, it would result. It would result uh, proclaiming the gospel and making disciples and teaching them uh, to obey uh, the gospel, teaching them to repent uh, as Jesus did, uh, as Jesus preached repentance. Yeah, it will result in a reflection of uh, um, individuals of different ethnicities uh, in local congregations. Mm -hmm. But it will result in that, as the gospel works itself in the hearts of those who believe. Come on, man. That's how that would happen. Come on. That's how that happens. This is why I'm so adamant, adamantly against programmatic efforts to diversify local congregations. Come on, man. Our job is to preach the gospel. We do not effectuate what the gospel does. We don't do that. I have no power intrinsically within me in sharing the gospel with anyone to make what I've shared effectual in the heart of that person. Mm. You see what, what people are looking for verge. They're looking for a, a cultural prosperity gospel. Come on, man. Come on. That's really what they're looking for. 
They're looking for a cultural prosperity gospel. Yes. And what I mean by that is that in the same way a material prosperity gospel promises health, wealth, practical benefits, uh, materially speaking, those who would, they won't acknowledge this, but this is exactly what they're looking for. Those who would aspire to a cultural prosperity gospel. And this is what I meant when I said the church doesn't exist to meet your felt needs. Yes. It doesn't exist for that reason. But those who would, who would, uh, who are in search of uh, a, a cultural prosperity gospel, they want all of their, uh, 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 it's no different than Ms. Pruitt. They, with all due respect, they want their uh, uh, personal cultural preferences to be attended to. Absolutely. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. So when she's, when we got, when we, when you read the article and we get to the section where she said, yes, yes, this is what I needed. Mm. This is what I needed. Mm-hmm. See, I have a problem with that. Right now, uh, I was uh, I have somewhat of an affinity for uh, where Miss Pruitt uh, is, is sitting with respect to being a, a black person in a majority white congregation. Sure, because for half of my life, for twenty three years, I was a member at First Baptist Church of Atlanta, where Doctor Charles Stanley is still the senior pastor there. Oh, wow. I was a member there for 23 years. Mm-hmm. Half my life, I was a member there. Wow. Okay. Um, now, for the vast majority of that time, uh, I didn't notice the ethnic makeup of the congregation. Right. I didn't notice it at all. Um, because I wasn't there for that. All I knew was that I think this man preached the gospel here. Yeah, now, that was that was in my Armenian days. I wasn't reformed then, but that was in my Armenian days. Right. But I was there for twenty three years. To, for the majority of the time that I was there, I would have to say First Baptist Atlanta was probably ninety nine point eight percent white. Right. Even today, it's probably ninety percent white. Mm. So fast forward to today, the church I belong to now is much smaller. It's a Reformed Baptist congregation, maybe 300 people. Right. 298 of those people are white. Mm -hmm. But you know what? The gospel is being preached. That's that's the primary. The gospel is being preached. That's the that, that that's why I go back to these fundamental questions. What is the church number one? Mm-hmm. What is the role of the church? When you ask what is the role of the church, you must also ask what is not the role of the church. Mm-hmm. And what people forget is, and I think most of this is a misunderstanding by folks who aren't Christians, though I'm not going to eliminate Christians from having this misunderstanding as well. It seems as if the uh the word church the word Christian kind of denotes a certain degree of perfection of ethical perfection among Mm. those who profess to be Christians as if we've, uh, as if, uh, uh, as if we've uh, attained to some level of purity Mm. in our thoughts and in our actions, but no, (laughs) no, no, that's never been the case in the history of the church. No, even those who confess Jesus Christ as savior even those who uh, 
are members of a local congregation, a local body of believers, we are still sinners, you see. And mm-hmm. this is where I want to interject something else that Mark Dever said, uh, again, in, in the book, uh, Theology for the Church. Dever said this. He said, fellowship among Christians in the church is based on the Christian's union with Christ. Wow. It's based on the Christian's union with Christ. So to the extent that an individual believer, and to a large extent, a local congregation, to the extent that they are truly in union with Christ, that's when you will get some of the things that Miss Pruitt is looking for in the church. Mm-hmm. Now she's gonna, she's not gonna get. Now, still, I'm gonna reiterate this. Don't go looking for a church on the basis of uh what what Miss Pruitt uh, uh, verbalized, well, this is what I need. No, what you need is the gospel. Absolutely. What you need is the gospel. We all need that. Yes. We all need that. One but, of the things. But don't of, go there. Go, go ahead, Vern. I was just going to say, one of, one, of the things that, one of the things that I think is impo- important, and again, the reason why I posed the question, I'm so glad for where, where you went um, with that, is is I think that I think that more times than not, people, when, when, they, when they see – um, a a you know a, an approach that that in their mind doesn't have the level of diversity that that they think mm-hmm. should happen. So what was the mm-hmm. first thing they do? There's the knee jerk reaction. Oh, we should have mm-hmm. X number of blacks, mm-hmm. X number of Hispanics, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. X number of this. And 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 again, nobody is pointing to, to scripture from a standpoint of where they're gathering that 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 uh you mm-hmm. know that benchmark right. from. Yep. Right. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're all basing that mm-hmm. on what they believe to be the need right. of the culture. And so so and I, I love what you did and where you went. You tagged us. You walked us right back into Scripture. And the reason why what you said is important is just because if, if folks go back and listen to the episodes that that that, you know, that, that followed that that were behind this one, where, where, where are we at now? Nineteen, I think. This is the 19th episode. This is episode 19. Yeah. Episode 19. So if they go back and listen, what they're going to find, if this is your first time listening, what you're going to find is, is, is consistency. And the consistency you're going to find is that we constantly go back to the scripture and say that the, that the fix, the solution to whatever you believe that problem to be that causes us to be monolithic with regard to ethnicity, all of it is predicated. All of it gets fixed based upon continued and consistent gospel proclamation. Mm -hmm. It it, Mm -hmm. it does. It doesn't happen on the basis of, you know what, I've got now a program where we're going to have, we're going to create these, Mm -hmm. these ethnic life groups and so if you're this ethnic, you're, you're, if you're this ethnicity, then this is your life group and you guys show up. So mm-hmm. all of y'all can be in a room together mm-hmm. and feel kumbaya mm-hmm. together and, and with, with mm-hmm. your racial mm-hmm. ethnicity. And then this racial ethnic group. And so now we've got the you, you got the you got the Hispanic group. You got the black group. Now, none of them are racially diverse, but we, we claim a, a right. check mark on the box because more blacks right. are showing up because more of them are in a in a yeah. room together enjoying it. And none of that, none of those band-aids are addressing right. the real issue of the heart. And the only right. thing that's going to do that is the gospel. That's it's about heart transformation. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's about heart transformation. This is why when in the article, I got really upset when I read the 
the the section where uh, Pastor Morris at Gateway Church made black people stand up, asked black people to stand up and go pray with the uh, with the uh, with the uh, you know white people in yeah. his church. Yeah, uh, you know that that's horrible. That, mm-hmm. That's that's not what you do. That's that's not how you go about that. So again, the bottom line here is that the gospel is Christ's gospel, mm-hmm. and it is His Holy Spirit that works the gospel in the hearts of those whom he has elected to believe in him. Mm. Okay. No program is going to do it. So the, so to whatever extent the church in, in this world and in heaven is going to be multi-ethnic or diverse with respect to ethnicity. It is God who does it. Mm-hmm. Now you preach the gospel to whomever God gives you an opportunity to do that, uh, to do that. But you don't seek out uh, as if you're, uh, like you said, checking off boxes. Right. You don't seek out as a church or an individual uh, people who don't look like you and use that as the basis for your evangelism, you see. And I think what what Miss Pruitt, again, with all due respect, I think what she fails to understand, I'm going to cite Mark Dever again here in the Theology for the Church, where Dever cites uh, he quotes uh, John Calvin, which I think is just absolutely amazing. Listen to this verse. <clears throat> and th- this goes back to my point about people perhaps being a little bit naive that the church is still and will forever be in this world comprised of sinners who are saved by the grace of God. We're still sinners. But listen to what Dever uh, writes here, at, and, and he's quoting John Calvin. Dever writes this. He says, in this present age, the church will never attain ethical hope. And here's where he cites Calvin. Quote, the Lord, Calvin said this, the Lord is daily at work in smoothing out wrinkles and cleansing spots. Mm. From this, it follows that the church's holiness is not yet complete. The church is holy then in the sense that it is daily advancing and is not yet perfect. Mm. The church is holy then, Calvin says, in the sense that it is daily advancing and it is not yet perfect. It's the already not yet. Absolutely. Even the church, see, the reason the church, this is what Calvin is saying, the church itself as a body is, is still being sanctified. Now, why mm-hmm. is the church as a, as a holistic Catholic universal body being sanctified? Well, that's because the individual members of the body are continually being sanctified. Absolutely. Because the individual members are not yet perfect. Okay, but you cannot, uh, as Miss Pruitt has done here, you cannot go seeking out a church based on what I call again cultural prosperity, gospel uh, principles and tenets. Mm. You cannot go to a church saying, "Okay, well, I, I really like the music. This music reminds me of the music I grew up on," mm-hmm. or uh, you know, they have a black pastor, or uh, they have uh, you know the the, the 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 whatever the cultural identifiers that you have on your list mm-hmm. of what would make for you a good church, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. That's not how you go about looking for a church because that's not what the church is based upon to begin with. Right. Right. Absolutely. I'm, 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 I'm looking at this, I'm looking at this, this article and, and I'm, man, if you'll, if you'll allow me, I wanted to kind of tee up yeah, stuff, that, stuff that we, that, that, that they're talking about are, 
are the are the needs of the church because i think you i think you've i think you've laid a great foundation for what what the what the role of the church is what the purpose of the church is what the mission of the church is that what we should be searching for is is the gospel but that's that is that is far from the list uh that i that i read here that black congregants primarily uh, we're looking for it says in the article that they'd grown uneasy in recent years as they watch white pastors fail to address police shootings of African-Americans. They heard prayers for Paris and Brussels and law enforcement. Uh, and they heard that, 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 that one should keep one's eyes on the kingdom uh, and that the church was colorblind and that talk of racial injustice was divisive. Right. Uh, and not a matter and not a matter of the gospel, I, 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 maybe that's maybe that's the experience with regard to that that issue, but if if proper gospel proclamation is happening, if it happening, if someone is opening up the text of scripture, all of these issues are addressed in and through the text of scripture. Now, if 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 you're going to a church where it it's you know maybe they're maybe they're topical or maybe they're running all over the place with with the next best you know feel good message you might miss it but man the, the bible speaks to all of the social ills that are out there but it prescribes one specific medication and that and that's the gospel um, the article the article goes on to say then white evangelicals they were upset because white evangelicals then voted for trump um, that that uh, they were concerned as fellow worshipers uh, would talk about uh, abortion and religious liberty, uh, but on politics would would seem to compromise on on that issue. And, and I, I can understand a disappointment about that with regard to compromising on any particular issue. But I can't see that being the whole reason I don't go to church to find out how many people voted for Trump or didn't vote for Trump. I, I don't I don't go to church to find out, OK, everybody here voted for Obama who I feel good now. You know, I mean, the, the, yeah. the, the trite, the trite nature of this list just says to me that we're not gospel centered. We're, we're looking right. for something that that fit that fits the, the social justice warrior on the inside of us rather than gospel proclamation. And so, I mean, I just, you know, right. it goes, it, it goes on and on and on with all the different, you know, think that the, the, the litany of gripes and grievances that social justice warriors have, uh, th- they're bringing that same mentality into the church. And so since the church doesn't address it in the way that they feel comfortable, then, then it's not, it's not the place where they need to be. Yeah. And you nailed it with respect to the whole social justice dimension uh, that's been bleeding into the church now for quite a while. And, and and again, that's what's feeding, you know, what I term a cultural prosperity gospel is, is that uh, this is, this is what uh, people who sort of have that paradigm, that sort of social justice, that, that social advocate paradigm of the church is kind of, I, I won't say harken back because I don't remember this era, but it kind of gives you reflections back on, what the church's role was back during the civil rights era. Mm. And people are, there's a generation now who want the church to, especially, uh, well, the church as a whole, uh, but especially, but, or, or even churches with majority white congregations, they want these local bodies to take on this sort of activist, uh, demonstrative, uh, um, you know, almost, uh, uh, militaristic like uh, 
uh, mission uh, in the world uh, so that the gospel manifests itself in action, in social action, mm-hmm. not in uh, not in uh, spiritual transformation. Right. So, for instance, it's, it's not Romans 12, 1 anymore. Uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's not that anymore. It's be transformed by, uh, you know, uh, uh, reparations for slavery, right, or, right, uh, or, or 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 some other social redemption, right. Not spiritual redemption. It's social redemption now, uh, and I'm going to continue to beat that uh, label home. Because again, this is nothing more than cultural prosperity gospel mm-hmm. that people are looking for. Uh, you know, so, you know, my, you know, I would just say this, that, that a, 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 I just think of Acts, Acts chapter two. I'm mm-hmm. looking at Acts chapter two, verses 42, 46 and 47, uh, where it's talking about the fellowship of believers. Again, I'm, I'm trying to tie this all in with, the larger questions, what is the church? What is the role of the church? What is not the role of the church? Because the church is not, it's not whole foods. I mean, you don't go into the church uh, like you would go into a whole foods and you're going to get all your veggies, your fruits, your staples and everything. like. No, the church has a definitive, uh, uh, specific, objective, and very well-defined purpose. Mm-hmm. And there are things that are outside of that scope that the church should not be involved in, namely meeting your individual felt needs. That is not what the, why the church exists. So you look at this text in Acts 2, in the verses that I cited, it reads this way. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now here, I love this because this is at its core. Mm-hmm. This is why the church ex- exists, and this is why uh, this is the role of the church to to provide a fa- a, a place for fellowship of believers and the uh, preaching of the gospel, observance of the sacraments, etc. But here's here's how the text read in Acts two verses forty two, forty six, and forty seven, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' mm-hmm. teaching and the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number yes. day by day those who were being saved. Amen. And the Lord added to their number. The Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not not those who are being culturally appropriated, not those who are being identified as this ethnicity or that ethnicity. The mm-hmm. gospel exists to save people's souls from Amen. hell. Amen. Thank God for that. Amen. Uh, you know, if I sound like I'm getting a little bit intense here, I am getting a little bit intense here. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm growing. I'm growing a little bit impatient with the. Yeah. I say this with all due respect, not to be disparaging, but there's a degree of biblical illiteracy out there. Yes. To where people are making all these demands of the church, and they don't even know fundamentally why the church exists. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
You see, and if you're gonna Absolutely. do that, it's like an old hopscotch, uh, hopscotch uh, game that you would draw on the on the sidewalk. You got to put the stone in square number one. Right. We want right. to we want to skip all the way to to square number nine. Right. Right. From the gate. This is this is interesting because th- toward the toward the end of the article, you begin to kind of see you know it, it uh, the, the the writer begins to bring in some of the you know hip hop artists. He, he mentions Lecrae having to you know his open divorce of white evangelicalism. Um, Christian counselors it says has have talked frankly, uh, you know the of the uh, psychological toll of trying to hang. Uh, to hang on in multicultural churches and others have declared it's time to consider serious downsizings of, of worship and integration. I mean, I, I, I think, I think that speaks well to what, what you're trying to articulate. I mean, this idea that, that these, that, that, that the church is this, is this um, space uh, that, that, that a particular local body is this space where, where the the latest diversity program needs to be instituted so that when anybody walks in, they can see the correct uh, number and level of ethnic groups uh, represented. Um, it, it's problematic. What's way more important than that is that the gospel is being preached. And to the point you made that the Lord is adding to their number those who are being right. saved when that takes right. place we don't we don't care what their racial mix-up is you exactly know? jesus said i meaning him jesus said i will build my church i will build my church god doesn't need us to build his church yeah he mm-hmm. uses us mm-hmm. but he works in us we don't work independently of him mm-hmm. he works in us like the text i just read in first thessalonians mm-hmm. it's the gospel that does its work in the hearts of those who believe. Jesus told Peter, I will build my church. You know, hearing the gospel, hearing the gospel preached is what distinguishes a church from a mosque or a synagogue or a kingdom hall or some other uh, uh, place of worship, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. what good is having your felt needs met if you're not hearing the gospel preached? It's, it's, all of this falls under Jesus's uh, statement where he says, uh, you know, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, yet lose his soul? I yeah. mean, what does it profit you to gain all these cultural accoutrements and aesthetics in your local church experience? But you're not hearing the gospel preached. Mm. What what does it profit you? It profits you absolutely nothing. Nothing from an eternity standpoint. No. It's not, it's, it doesn't profit you anything. So, uh First, I know we're getting close to time, but I want to close with this. I got to rock one more quote from Mark Devers. Uh, do it, do it. Chapter in a, th- a Theology for the Church, mm-hmm. uh, entitled The Church. Devers says this. I, th- I think we can nail it right here. He says in the New Testament, the people of God are the church. In a local congregation, the fellowship as a whole is to display the holiness of God in their own holiness, Mm. in their own holiness. God's love is to be reflected in the love they show. The unity of God is to be reflected in their own unity. Mm -hmm. The fellowship that believers are to know in a congregation is a partnership in laboring for mutual edification and for faithfulness in evangelism. That's good. That's really Mutual good. Mutual edification. 
okay? He says the fellowship as a whole is display the holiness of God in their own holiness. So mm-hmm. again, as the gospel, we're continually being sanctified as pe- people who profess to be Christians. And I emphasize the word profess because profess doesn't necessarily mean you are genuinely a Christian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But those who profess to be a Christian, as they are practicing spiritual disciplines in their own life, mm-hmm. and God is using those disciplines um, in concert with his Holy Spirit to sanctify them and to bring them into a deeper oneness in Christ so that they exemplify Christ to the world, then the body of Christ begins to look more like Christ. That's good. But until until that happens, it's like I read earlier, the quote from uh, from Calvin, the church is not perfect. So you should not expect perfection from an imperfect body. Mm. You should not. So when someone sins against you who's in church, you shouldn't be surprised. Right. They're sinners. Right. We're still sinners, even though we're in the church. But as I just read, as Deborah just said, we labor, though. We labor for mutual edification and for faithfulness in evangelism. So mm-hmm. the church was, con- we, we as the body of Christ, we must continue to labor. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think now to, I, th- I think that's a wonderful wrap up, tie up to everything uh, that was shared. And again, man, I, I, I go back and, and reiterate something that I said earlier, which is one of the things that you're going to find if this is the first time you've listened to the podcast, you go back and listen to any of the previous episodes. What you're going to find is consistency. Um, you know, I've, I've been there. I've been teaching a systematic theology class on Saturdays at, at my church. Mm-hmm. And as I do that, I try to tell people I kind of stole, stole a line from uh, Dr. Steve Lawson, who says, you know, systematic theology should work in such a way where if, if you pull the string in Genesis, it, it should crinkle the paper in Revelation. And, oh, and, 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 and and yeah, because that's that's the systematic approach to 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 theology it should all it should all be a beautiful tapestry that flows together and and i i'm very confident one of the things i love about the podcast about what we do about how you share uh is that what if if people go back and listen to not only this but previous episodes what they're going to find is a level of consistency where you're going to say the same kinds of things in different contexts applied to unique situations but it's all going to be a beautiful tapestry uh and and it should flow together in such a way where if you where if we pull the string at the beginning of an episode it would have impact on on where we would land at the end and and i think when we're when we're on the foundation of god's word uh, and we maintain our stability in that space. Uh, we end up looking like the wonderful tapestry that God intends us to us to look like. And so, man, I, I appreciate what you shared uh, tonight. I apologize again. You had to having to carry so much of the weight, man, with with this cold. And uh, I'll definitely be back ready, ready to rock and roll. But man, I get another another great episode. And I appreciate it, bro. Adverse, man, listen, man, you know, I'm there for you, man. I've got your back. No problem about that. But before we wrap up. I do want to make one last thought because you know we're probably going to catch some heat for this episode too, (laughs) like we always do. Right. I mean, we catch heat for pretty much every episode, but I do want to make a clarifying point. Not a clarifying point, but I want to reiterate something because somebody's Mm -hmm. going to hear this episode and they're going to say, well, Daryl said the church shouldn't meet people's needs. 
And that's not what I said. <laughs> that's not what I said. Right. So I want to make this. I want to make this clear. What I said is that the church does not exist to meet all your felt needs. Okay. Yeah. So there's a clear distinction. I just want to make this last point. There's a clear distinction to be made between what is a mandate of the church that mm-hmm. is to meet the practical needs of people, particularly and primarily those who are within the body of Christ, mm-hmm. as well as the practical needs of others. So with respect to practical needs, I'm making a distinction between practical needs and felt needs. And I say that on the basis of Galatians chapter six, verses nine and 10, where Paul writes this. He says, and let us not grow weary, weary in doing good for in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Mm. And especially those who are the household of the faith. That is the church. Amen. I just want to clear that up. If somebody misquotes me, I want to make that distinction. Amen. 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 Hey, we're both out. God bless you. We'll check you out next time. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Just Thinking, a podcast brought to you by the Bar Podcast Network. You can find all of Just Thinking episodes at www.thebarpodcast.com. Tune in next week to another edition of Just Thinking. And remember, let's think.